We were praying for healing, and um, I'm just going to ask if anybody actually physically felt like God actually touched you in some way physically. Put your hand up if that's you, anybody. I'm believing for that. Amen. Great. Awesome. Anybody else? Amen. Great. Great. More. Amen. Great. More. Lord. I think he's got, I know he's got more. More. And um, I don't understand, believe me, I don't understand lots of things about a lot of things. But the uh, God in this great heart of God, all things were made by him, for him, and nothing exists without him. That's a very big statement. He's a very big God. But he is deeply, radically reaching for humanity. And he's doing it by his spirit with, I would say, which I don't think I necessarily understand how that works exactly, but with, even with the host of heaven. There are hosts. He has a great army. And they are coming and going a lot. And they, and they, are, they are bringing things and uh, things... Things from the heart of God to people. And God wants to help us. And God wants to use us. God wants to use us. I feel that today, that God wants to use it. You have a testimony. Most of you know you have a testimony. Maybe somebody here does not know you have a story, a testimony of, what, of God's grace. But I breathe on that. I, sp- I believe he's breathing on that today, blowing on it and saying that testimony has places to go, has places to go, has ears to hear it, and he wants it to happen. Well, before I'm done this morning and speaking to you, I I expect to share a particular story and illustrate it a little bit of one of my own stories of a time when I went through a, uh, I I thought of it as a Great Depression. It lasted for several years. It was nonstop from 2009 well into 2012, and it was uh, incredibly, incredibly uncomfortable, and God met me there. I'd been a Christian for 38 years. I'd been a, a pastor for 31 years. So uh, I had seen a lot of good things happen, and yet, and yet there I was in the middle of that thing. And I was being told by people, Pastor Paul, you need more joy. And, and every one of them that said it was right, <laughs> okay? So it wasn't like they were wrong. <laughs> And, and, and they didn't just say it. They prayed, people prayed for me and things. People prayed for me. I know they did. Um, how, how many of you pray for people? When you see somebody suffering, you pray for them. So I looked like I was suffering, and they prayed. So, so that's how it works. But I could call this, that, that could be a title for this, but I also could call it Amazing Grace. And I will get to that, but I want to just tell you what grace is. Because grace, grace is in, in a medicine Sometimes they have a term broad spectrum. There's broad spectrum antibiotics that treat lots of things, apparently. Grace is a broad spectrum word. It covers a lot of things. Grace, grace explains Jesus coming to a life, no matter how vile or broken that life was, explains Jesus coming to that life. And revealing himself in some way so that that person actually gets the message, God loves me and wants me. That, that I need God, that God cares about me. It, it's, uh, it's his willingness, grace is God's willingness and God's desire to come inside of you and freely, without you earning it at all, give himself to you and become, uh, live with you, live in you. You're still you, 
but God comes there. His spirit joins you, makes Jesus real on the inside, not, not just on the outside. It, it, um, it brings, grace is, why, do, why do, are things revealed to us? Because the grace of God is revealing what God's doing to you. He shows you things. Grace is, if, you, if you've grown in influence with people in your capacity, you've grown, that was grace. It's, it's a very broad, very big word. Divine influence, divine influence in your life, that's, that's grace. So amazing grace is that God could talk to somebody like me. God could talk to somebody like you. No matter how, how deep the ditch was, no matter how bad the troubles were, no matter how oppressing everything was, that God could reach in the middle of it all and God could find you. So I want to go to the Bible and then I'll go to my story. So in the Bible, in Psalm 139, here's, here's a significant reason why I think God does that. He's... He already knows everybody, and that's what the first part of this psalm declares. Lord, you have searched me. And he doesn't just know everybody. He knows you. And he knows you in a way that you may not know you. You probably don't know you. You can't know you because he knows all your hidden motives. Your blind spots, everything is all visible to God. So nothing, nothing hidden to God at all. He knows you, and so he knows if you've ever been sneaky or tricky or sly or corrupt and all those things, which I would say I've, I've done all those things, right? So I was... I was, um, he loved me, he wanted me, but there was some dark, dark here in my life before I came to Jesus, and there was some broken, broken here even after I came to Jesus. But he still hedges us in, he still has a path for us, he still has a hedge that, hedge that we bump into and he calls us, and a hedge that's trying to, that steers us but doesn't force us. And boy, I don't know if you're like me, but if you're like me, there's plenty of times you wanted them to force you. Please force me. I would like to do the right thing. I'm feeling it today. I want to do the right thing. Can't you just put me on autopilot? I said it. I said it's all yours. I gave it all to you. I said it. I meant it. I signed a piece of paper and I put my name on it. I know I did that. Maybe you didn't do that, but I did. I give everything to Jesus. I signed it. I put my name on it. And then I said it's yours. Why can't I feel it right now? And then the moment passes and I don't feel it anymore. How about, how about you? Okay, but he, when he's aware of the presence of God and this great love of God for him, and even though God knows everything, everything, everything about him, that God would still be willing for him, want him as part of his family. He's, that is such knowledge too wonderful for me. That's overwhelming. At that moment, he's taken in the love of God, and it's huge. And if you don't, haven't had that moment, like everybody could stand with more of those moments. Anybody want to say amen to that? Amen. I'm just telling you, you, you're missing something when you don't know how much he loves you. You're missing something. When you don't know how great he is and how much he loves you. So then the psalm also reminds us that I can't get away from him. I can't, I can't hide from him. No matter where can I go from your spirit. And he, his answer is you can't get away from God. You could say no to God, but you can't get away from God. You can't, you can't, you could say to God, I don't want you in me. But you can't say to God, I don't want you here. Because like here is how the here that you're saying get out of, he holds together by his spirit and by his hand and by his power. You can't get rid of him in that way. So if I run from God, which people have tried like Jonah tried running from God, you run into God and you're running the whole time you're running with God, but you don't like it or know it. If I go into the spirit realm, if I enter into the spirit realm, into the heavenly realm, into the invisible realm, God's there. If I go into hell, which literally in this case means the grave, he's there. So, so 
the invisible realm, spirit realm, death, he's there. The, he uh, the heights, if I take the uh, wings, I fly, go in a plane, he's there. God's in the plane. Isn't that great? If you, do, if you don't like flying, maybe you could learn to like flying because he could help you. Or the sea. I get seasick, but maybe you don't. That somebody could say that. I don't get seasick, but some people do. And you could say, well, God's there. He could help you with that. Darkness, light. I'm afraid of the dark. You don't have to be afraid of the dark. He's there. Darkness and light are both alike to you. He's omnipresent. Present in all places. He's all-knowing, omniscient. But he goes on and he says this, and this is why this is, this is why, this, this is, I don't know if this will help you, but this helped me. You form my inward parts. Now, I don't know, like, this is not a biology lesson, because you won't hear this in biology. But before biology happened, God wanted you. God knew who you were. Um, I couldn't believe for a long time, like, if, if you've noticed, I'm not exactly tall, Right? Now, I'm just telling you, that was a problem for me. I didn't like that. I was often, it was such a good year. Once in a while in school, once in a while, not all the time, most of the time not. Once in a while there was a kid, there was a boy or a male shorter than me, but not very often. So I didn't like that. So you form my inward parts. <laughs> I don't like that. Like, I want a blue eyes. I want blue eyes. So we complain. We gripe. My lips are too thick. My lips are too thin. Too much. You know, something. We complain. <laughs> and, and some of that, we're complaining about what's in our control sometimes, by the way. Just saying. And often. But, but he says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You would do well to warm up to that. Really, really. Like warm right, get hot warm to that. Get really connected to that i'm fearfully and wonderfully made you know it very well that's the truth that's the truth i'm so screwed up that's temporary fearfully and wonderfully made can god make something out of me yes god can make something out of you can god make something out of my failures yes my sin my brokenness I knew better. I did it anyway. Can God make something out of all that mess? Yes. That's grace. That's power. That's mercy. That's love. And that's God putting it in the face of a devil. God would say, you ran him over. You ran her over. You made a mess out of her. You made her a pile, a dirt pile. And I'm going to redeem her. I'm going to redeem her. Hallelujah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Your eyes saw everything unformed in, my, in your book. And he has things he wants, he says about you. He calls it a book. And things he's, he's declared, they're written in heaven. And he wants to reveal them to you. Show you he has a plan for your life. Get on that plan. Get off the other plan. I've got my plans. Well, I understand that. A bunch of us did. And it was um, not working. How precious are your thoughts to me, O oh God. And I would just say that book and those precious thoughts, I think they overlap very much. These precious thoughts. God has uh, thoughts about you. He, there's a reason. Why didn't he make me tall? It's for his purpose. One of the reasons he showed me he didn't make me a tall person was, was I want you to talk to men and you're not going to intimidate any of them. Right? <laughs> so, it's like, so it's like, okay. <clears throat> but when I accepted that, it made it better. Okay? It really did make it better for me because it was like, because I could, could hear that. And I could go, that makes sense. 
That makes sense. Like, it's like no guy is like, like, I don't have to be afraid to open up to him. I could crush him like an ant. So it's like, <laughs> okay, it'll work, you know, it'll play. If I could count them, though, but he has great, great plans for you, many, many plans. They would be more in number than the sand. I'm just telling you, God has lots of things to share with you, not a few, not just something. You are missing it big when you don't want to listen to God, when you don't hear what he has to say to you, when you don't open a step into that realm where you can begin to hear his voice, because anybody can. My sheep know my voice. Anybody. It's for all of us, all Christians. But I'm just going to tell you that sometimes we get grumpy. We get grumpy. We get mad. We think sometimes, many times, a lot of very bad things have been done in the name of calling down fire from heaven. You recall that Jesus said to his disciples, and he said, do you want us to call down fire from heaven? And he said, whoa, you don't know what spirit you're of. But I'm just telling you, I know there's a day of judgment for the wicked. I just also know that God has great love for the wicked. I know that it's not the final word when they do a hurtful thing. It wasn't the final word when I did a hurtful thing. It wasn't, oh, he crossed the line. You actually hurt, you did harm to a person. Paul, I'm done. I'm done with you. No more love for you. It was, there is great, great mercy. But I can just tell you that I've met more than one Christian, like a lot of Christians that struggle right there. They, they love a lot of people, but, but they're not really like, but they're also mad at a few, feel anger for a few, feel hatred for a few, and hope that that's going to be okay. And I'm just telling you, go deeper. God's got something better for you than that. That, that, that uh, the, the most obvious thing I can say about that is when someone does something terrible, 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 hurtful, harmful, to you or a loved one and that comes in you as offense, as bitterness, it stays here. And whoever you open up your heart to has the potential to get that poison. You can't just, you can't just smart bomb it to one person. You, you hurt you. You don't glorify God. I know it's bad. I know they're bad, but do we, maybe we don't understand the love of God yet. I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe, like, we say God loves us and everything, but we don't understand because they're, they're spitting on him, cursing him, pulled him apart, stepped on him, crushed him, beat him, whipped him, all his blood strained out of his body, and he's saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. That's, that's God. Help us, Jesus. So search me, O God, and know my heart. Great prayer. Try me to know my concerns, anxieties, don't make peace partner with anxieties. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. It's, it's like you don't have to worry. Cast all of your care on him. He cares for you, 1 Peter 5, 7. See if there's a wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Okay. In Jesus' name. Now, Jacob had a dream. Now, I'm going to tell you why this dream is relevant to us today. And then I'm just going to touch on it. Not, not long. 
In John chapter 1, Jesus meets a guy. He's calling his disciples to himself, and he calls a Philip. Philip has a brother named Nathaniel. Well, Nathaniel gets excited, and he thinks this, this would be good for him too. So he goes to Nathaniel, and he says, come on, there's this guy. And he tells him, he tells him this guy, he's a prophet from Nazareth, and I believe that he's the guy. He is the Messiah we've been waiting for. But, but Nathaniel says nothing good comes out of, of Nazareth and all this other stuff, but he comes. And when Jesus meets him, Jesus says, says to him, Nathaniel, you are an Israelite. You're part of the chosen people of God and in whom there is no guile. I'm just telling you, nobody said that about me, by the way. I'm just saying, right? Nobody said, there's a guy, like when I was 20 and pounding the alcohol, nobody was saying, there's a guy, no guile, all kinds of, all kinds of stuff wrong. So, and he says, um, how do you think you know me? And he says, I saw you yesterday resting under a tree. And he's like, whoa, how'd that happen? I believe you are the son of God. And Jesus said, you're impressed with that. You're going to see something greater than that. You're going to see the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man or on him, on Jesus. Jacob's dream was the angels of God ascending and descending. Jacob's dream that word to Nathaniel is there is going to be an open heaven and uh, my presence will be there and the kingdom of God will be coming in and out. Things right from the throne room of God will be coming in and out. Angels moving in and out. Words coming. Healings coming. Miracles coming. Divine, divine things happening. All kinds of stuff going on. So it's a pretty, pretty big deal. But in sharing this with you, I, I share Jacob with you, go there, because I want you to understand that a really messed up guy had a really great dream. A guy that had worked, a guy that was, and, and people lived longer back then, okay, so if you just thought in your mind could just handle it that it, at the time Jacob's a guy, they might be, people might live, some people might live twice as long as they live today, something like that, close to it anyway something more he's about a 70 year old guy and as a 70 year old guy he's not married yet and and i think that even though they live longer they they went through puberty like we go through puberty so he's been an adult man for a long time he's got a twin brother he's married has kids and his brother has a birthright coming to him because he's the oldest son but god has actually said Jacob's supposed to get it. Jacob is the guy with the dream. Esau is the guy that was born first. But Jacob's name means deceiver, and he's tricky, and he's so he's slippery. And at the age of 70, he's still slippery, he's still conniving. And he and his mom, Jacob is mom's favorite, they connive to get that blessing, and they do. They deceive Isaac, and Isaac pronounces a blessing. The blessing by the Spirit, he's speaking, something's happening, and literally the blessing of the family, the double portion goes into Jacob instead. Of, uh, that's not what Isaac intended. He intended for Esau, but Jacob said, I am Esau. And he lied to him and, and did things to, to deceive him. And so the blessing went, and then when Jacob shows up to get, or Esau shows up to get that blessing, the dad says, it's gone. I gave it. 
and he's mad. And he's not, he's not like, he would be, I don't know, Jacob might have been short like me, and Esau might have been much bigger. Like, I'm just thinking about you, Doug, up there, like, like Coach Black, right? So he could have been a bigger guy, so it's like, I'll crush him like a grape, right? So, so and that's his intent. That's, that's Esau's intent. And so mom says, we got to do something. He says, we got to get you out of here. And says, honey, we got to send him away, sweetheart. <laughs> you lied to me. Anyway, sweetheart, we got we to send him away because we can't have him taking a, one of these women. We want to have him one of, like a, a woman from my family, my good family, right? So anyway, um, Isaac buys it. They send him away. And on his way, as that sneaky, conniving guy, he lays on the ground, not really living for God in any way that the Bible indicates. Not, not much going on there. God speaks to him and says, the promise of Abraham is your promise. And he tells him different words, and it, it's included in this. And behold, a ladder was set up, and then he sees, this, he sees this ladder. And the earth and its top reached into heaven. It's probably really terracing. And he's just seeing up into heaven, and he's seeing, it's like angels, these beings, these men, whatever they are, bringing things, bringing things, and taking things from here and there. And, and it's blowing his mind. And he goes on to say this, and, and God, God clarifies in those words that, that this is that promise. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep. Now, this is a bad guy. This is a guy that's not really been godly or anything, but he wakes up from his sleep and he says, like, I am in the house of God. God's here. Okay, now, it turns out all of you, all the people that you know, people particularly you've been praying for at any given moment can wake up after having a dream and realize God is right here. There's a doorway to heaven right here. Not somewhere else. Somehow God's saying, I'm opening heaven. I want to open heaven for you. Bam! That is like, so I want you to have the scripture. There's a, an artist rendering of that. And he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, you hereafter shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. You and I are the body of Christ. Jesus is among us by the Holy Spirit. He seated you and me in heavenly places with him. Ephesians chapter two. And when he taught people to pray. He said, pray like this, our father in heaven. Our father. You're my father too. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. And I just lay that over the angels of God ascending and descending. Gifts, blessing, coming and going. Prayers ascending. Blessings falling. Great. In a world that's full of trouble. In the world you shall have tribulation. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. I know it does. But I'm saying in the world you shall have trouble, but in me you have peace. How do you have peace? Get on, get that, open up that, that, that doorway. Open up that, that, connect yourself with heaven, with God of heaven. Sit with God. Connect with God. Receive what he tells you. Build your life around him, not around all this stuff. We sang it today. Thank you, worship team, so much. I will build my life. You're my firm foundation. I'll build my life upon your love, etc. So the story, I want get to get to my story now. So this, this is called a labyrinth. 
Don't be freaked out. I'm not planning on putting one in the, in the yard over there. It's a labyrinth, and, and, and some people call them meditation circles. But in, in a lot of church history, uh, starting in like 325 A.D., they were put in church buildings and everything, and they were prayer circles. There's a bunch of them. There's something like 5,000 on labyrinths in our country dedicated to prayer. Okay, so I'm not saying that that's not all of them by any means, and I'm not saying people can't do funny things with them. But on that day in September 2012, God had worked in my heart at this retreat. God had unpacked a deep lie that was planted so deep in me. When, when I was a six-year-old, my mother left our family. I was the youngest of five kids. She walked, and she was going through things. But she left us, and my heart was crushed. But that meant something to me. It meant something to me. And there were lies that go deep, 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 deep when that happens. And when I came to Jesus at the age of 20, that didn't dispel the lie. There was something deeper inside of me. There was a hook the enemy had in my life. And as that depression, I would say, fair to say, raged, because it was not a it was a it was a terrible time inside Paul, and I was short. Just saying. So it's like, like wow, that's a lot of problems. So um, that's another view of that same circle. It's probably something like seventy five feet wide, and that would be at the location. That's specifically at that location, and and um, that's not my retreat, but that would be the people that were there at this at this event, and God had found, had finally gotten down where that lie was and unpacked it, and I let it go. And healing came into me. Healing came into my soul in a new way, in a fresh way, in a deep way. I cried tears I'd never cried in my life. I screamed, I hollered, I cried, I laughed. The uh, something in here was unplugged, and I was so much better for it. Amen. So... On this, on this particular, on this circle, you see, and that's also that same circle, that same labyrinth, there's numbers, one, two, three, four, five, and those numbers, it's the whole circle is a path. It's not a maze, it's a path. It's one path. You walk the whole path, you walk every, every bit of it, every square foot of it to get to the middle from starting at the top center. You walk every square foot of it to get to the center and if you stay on the path. Um, and there's a point to that. They were playing Amazing Grace. It was planned that way. Uh, uh, a man with bagpipe was playing Amazing Grace. And as he played, because I knew the words, I was singing quietly because I was surrounded by people. And we started to walk in line, probably about three or four feet apart of each other, started to walk towards the center on that. And I want you to hear the words, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. It is a good day when you understand you're a bad person if you understand it with God. So God can say, bring your bad to me. Bring your broken to me. Bring your sinful to me. God, I love evil and I hate good. I used to say to God, I used to say to people, I love alcohol. I will never stop. I said that. I said a lot of things that I loved. That's not the only thing I loved that was bad, by the way. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Oh, my goodness, what a great thing. 
I say, what do you see? If what you see doesn't capture your heart today, I'm just telling you, look again. What's going on with Christians that we believe we see, but we're not enamored in a fresh way with God? We've got to wait on him and get refreshed by him. So we actually understand how great is this God? Like, that can be freshened a lot. You and I can't contain it. Like, I can't contain the whole thing. He reveals himself to me, but you think that revelation was it. It wasn't it. There's more. He's bigger. He's better. Love is deeper. Verse 2, I'm walking. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear. And he's reminded me, I brought you all the way from where you were. I brought you from all that sin. And I'm singing this, but he's reminded me. And tears are starting to flow, but they're not unhappy tears. I've, I had cried, mostly cried unhappy tears. These were different kinds of tears than I, than I can remember, ever remember crying. These were tears of joy. Might have cried them at Josh and Becky's wedding, tears of joy. Not, not much. How precious did that grace appear, this divine influence, that thing that changed me. I was impossible, I was stuck, and then you radically transformed me. Third verse, now the tears are really starting to come. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, and I'm beginning to see my life. I'm, I'm looking at my life. As we're singing, my brain's a pretty active thing. My mind is going. I'm thinking about the trials and troubles, the challenges of church life. We went through good times and bad times in this church. We went through times when, when people that we love left and when we were heartbroken and things like that. I was heartbroken. Went through things when I messed up something. I did something bad. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to mention it. The, the day that uh, the day we did sue the village once, the village of Dexter, that was not a good day. Okay, it wasn't a good day. We were wrong, and I had to repent of that and everything. But I remember I failed. I, I didn't always see things right. We did things that were messed up sometimes where just God knows. But he brought me through and brought me through and brought me through. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, they'd swallow us alive when their wrath came against us. We would have been destroyed. Thanks be to God who's not given us his prey to their teeth. My soul escaped. And as I sang that third verse, I, be I began to picture that labyrinth being like a tattoo on a hand, on a big hand, and the hand was God's hand. And as I thought about the labyrinth, I was already in a mode where this was my whole life. I was thinking about my whole life, everything that had gone on in my life. And he was saying to me, your whole life has transpired in my hand. You've never been far from me. I've always been there for you. And boy, the floodgates open. And I was singing, I was crying for the joy Psalm 51, when David sinned, he said, Create in me a clean heart, renew a steadfast spirit in me. Don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Then transgressors will be instructed in your ways. Sinners will be converted to you. It's supposed to be an overflow. I get him in me, and then I overflow with God, and the overflow happens all around me, to my family, to neighbors, to friends, to strangers. The overflow comes out. That's what Christianity is supposed to be. And, and I, was, I was getting it, and it was coming to me, the Lord. And so, and, so that, and so I'm saying that you could be a scoundrel today, but I'm telling you, God, you're 
hand of God. You're, you're closer than you think. You're closer than you think. Even if you're a bad person, you're closer than you think, even if you've made a huge, huge mess. And they are closer than we think many times, even when we know the mess they've made, even when we know the hurt they've done and all those things. They are closer than we think. The Lord, why aren't you going? There you go. The Lord has promised good to me. His, his word, my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing his praise than when we've first begun. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Do you need prayer today? And more importantly, do you need God? He's the God. I just, um, I have just such a great sense of his compassion and increasing right now, just inside of me, increasing sense of his compassion for you, for people. Could be somebody watching in the live stream for sure. Some ones. For loved ones, for people in our, in our box. I, I, want, I want to just declare, while I'm thinking of it, I want to just declare that that hand of God all those people under. They might feel far. Their heart might not be ready to relate to God nearer than we think. And, and some of these, the testimonies are starting to come in. People are coming back to God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, we bless them right now. We bless them and we speak life. We agree with the life of God. We agree with repentance. We agree with repentance and faith toward God. That there is a God that's declaring love and that we as God's people are those that are, are challenged with and commissioned with the message of God's heart and God's love. Are challenged and commissioned with advancing the kingdom of God in the earth. The purpose of God, the plan of God. Of being Jesus in the flesh of being the body of Christ. That's us. That's who we are. And Lord, where brokenness, I was being, I was being eaten up with a depression, even though I was serving you. And I needed a deliverance. I needed a healing. In Jesus' name, your compassion's here today. Thank you, God. Let's stand together. You do not have to come forward for prayer, but you get to come forward for prayer. <laughs> Holy Spirit could be telling you, and I'm suggesting to you, listen. If Holy Spirit is telling you, don't you leave without being prayed for. Don't go. I want to break that off of you. I want to bring freedom to you. I want to bring that, that sureness of you're on you're in the hand of God, but the connection that allows you to know it and benefit from it and begin to thrive in it in an increasing way to see, like the Word of God says, and we know all things work together for good to those that love the Lord, to those who are called according to His purpose, for you to identify as I'm one of those called according to His purpose. We've got some, some of our prayer ministry team, pastors, please, 
Um, also, um, just come pray for people. If uh, you're one of those that prays for people at the altar, you come and as they come and I invite you to come. I'm going to pray right now. I believe, God, that I believe that you love them every bit, each one here, each one listening, and each one of us that has loved ones that we're reaching for. Your love has not failed. We're reminded of it and reassured of it today. Thank you for that in Jesus' wonderful name. I believe you, God, that, that if there is one of those lies of the enemy, just like he lied, Adam and Eve lived in a perfect place, and the enemy lied and said, what did God say? And we got... We got a distortion of what you said, some kind of distortion, a lie. And that lie is toxic inside of us. That lie is producing depression, producing other kinds of things. I curse that thing. You're not welcome. You're not, it's not right for you to stay. But be exposed and let there be freedom from it. In Jesus' name, let my brothers and sisters get free. That thing does not, depression is not your fi the final word. It's not a word from God for your life. I cancel it. I break it in Jesus' name. Cooperate with Holy Spirit for the glory of God and be free of that thing. In Jesus' name. And maybe there's other things God's brought to your mind. I bless my brothers and sisters, their families. I thank you for this church. I thank you for what you're doing. And we welcome you to do it. We are not, we are not asking you, God, today to build the ACF brand. We're asking you, God, to advance your kingdom and let, and let us be a part of that. Let this region be a part of it. More of that, Lord. More of that. More of that where we wake up to the reality that, God, that the most important thing I could do today may very well be to be in touch with you and to touch another life. That could be more important than than pretty much anything else going on. So in Jesus' name, so God, I bless my brothers and sisters. Be alive in God. Awake you sleeper, any lethargy on us, and I've been praying this over me in the past few weeks. I've been pushing into it hard. Awake you sleeper. Rise from the dead. No death. No death working in my life. Life working in my life. Life working in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.